and welcome back. It's me, Nisha, and this is another episode of Adam's Off Thought. Today's thoughts are always very thought-provoking, it's very intriguing, it's very exciting to say the least. This week's thought is on the psychology of belief. I'll be talking about the formation and influence of beliefs, including the role of cognitive biases and the search for objective truth. But before I do get into that, I do want to say if you're listening to me on any other podcasts and platforms, please go ahead and show your support, like, follow, subscribe, do whatever it is that you gotta do. Also, if you're listening to me on YouTube, please go ahead and give me a thumbs up, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you can know when I've uploaded a new episode. You can also feel free to sound off in the comment section below and also follow me on all my social media platforms. I am under Adams of Thoughts. Go ahead and share your thoughts on my thoughts. As always, my mind keeps me amused and things are interesting. So let's get into it. Cern Kirkgaard once said, or he has a quote that reads, there are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. Why am I using this quote? Because I was curious. I got curious. I wanted to know where my beliefs come from. Why is it that I'm more inclined to accept certain information as knowledge or beliefs? And are those two the same things? Are knowledge and beliefs the same thing or are they different? Does knowledge influence beliefs or are they used interchangeably? So I wanted to know, basically what I'm saying is, I wanted to know. Why is it that based on somebody's title or social status, I am more accepting of what it is that they're saying as opposed to somebody who has no title, has no social status? I would not believe anything they're saying. But for somebody who I still, I can't say that I actually know a celebrity or I don't know them, but if they put anything on the internet or anybody that's popular on social media, they put anything we are more inclined to believe them. It's like we're more inclined to believe politicians. I mean, a lot of people don't believe politicians, but we are more inclined to believe people based on their titles. First, define what it what what is belief, because it is a word that we use a lot. Maybe I believe that this and I believe that that is how we use the word. Do we know what it really means? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But for those who don't know what belief is, a standard definition in a dictionary will state one's convictions, philosophy, tenets, or opinions about teaching and learning. What does all that mean? What does it mean, the convictions and philosophy and tenets and opinions and teachings and learnings? Basically, what all of that is saying is whatever you, your beliefs are coming from past experiences are coming from religious, maybe cultural, maybe traditional. But all of that is not, your belief is not based on facts. It's based on what you think is the right thing. When it comes to belief, there's things that can't be measured. It's what makes you who you are. So I also wanted to look at the other side of it, the other definition when it comes to from uh, maybe anthropologist perspective, uh, psychologist or a philosopher's perspective of what belief is to them, what belief means to them. And to them, it's a thought of a psychologically held understandings, premises or prepositions about the world that are felt to be true. So even though it's not true, they think it's true. So whatever you believe, again, there may be no premise for it. There may be no basis for it. It may be baseless. But you believe it. And if you believe it, is it true? I don't know. A belief is not true because it is useful. But then that brings me into objective and subjective truth. Because when you talk about objective truth, you talk about 
it's based on knowledge and facts. It can actually be proven. You can test it. You can prove it. It's something that's actual fact. It's knowledge. It's not assumptions. And subjective truth is based on beliefs and opinions that cannot be proven as fact. So it's based on your own beliefs. So when it comes to belief, your beliefs a lot of time is not based on facts. Some beliefs are based on facts. Some beliefs aren't. Because what I'm thinking about, some beliefs that are based in facts are, uh, one, one thing that's coming to me right now is maybe thinking Pluto is a planet. But you're not thinking that. It is based on science and based on what science is presenting and saying, well, we decide Pluto is a planet. No, we decide Pluto is not a planet. And your belief may be, well, Pluto is a planet. Or you may say Pluto is not a planet because this is what it's coming this is what the scientists are saying. This is what they're saying. It is and it is. So, but it's not a personal belief. And that is not particularly subjective. It is objective truth, right? It is because this is something that they're stating. This is something that based on a certain criteria, they're saying, well, yes, this is fact. But Plato suggests that knowledge has three components, beliefs, truth, and just justification, Knowledge depends on a truth condition that is being agreed upon in a community of people. The truth of what is believed and the justification someone has for believing it. So beliefs are a category of knowledge and define knowledge as encompasses all that a person knows or believes to be true. Whether or not it is verified as true in a sort of objective or external way. So knowledge is a bit different now when it comes to belief right because based on what plato is suggesting he's suggesting that knowledge has to have a truth condition to it there has to be some truth some fact to it versus beliefs right beliefs is different beliefs you know it doesn't necessarily have to be true you can just have your own well you know subjective belief or opinion that can be proven and it is your opinion when I talk about objective and subjective beliefs and what can be proven and what can be proven, I always think about religion. And I always think that religion definitely is subjective and it is not objective. Like whatever as a religion you believe in, whichever deity you worship, whatever your dogma is, it's only to you and a group of people. Does it make it a reality? It makes it your reality. It's not everybody's reality doesn't make it true it is true for you and that's not true for everybody because not everybody has the same beliefs but then that's why it's an opinion it is objective and it's not subjective we believe that our beliefs are in fact true and so we live our lives based on our beliefs our attitudes our actions and it is prepositioned by our beliefs because we act based on how we believe. If you believe that you need to wake up early in the morning to get ahead of the day, to get the day started, that is what you're doing. You're literally getting up early every morning to get the day started. If you believe that everywhere you're going, you need to be there on time or before the time that you need to be there, that is exactly how you live. So beliefs definitely preposition actions, but there's another part of this as well where... This is, this is where it gets interesting because there's a part of our beliefs and knowledge, but mostly our beliefs that garner, that brings forth this 
cognitive bias, which a cognitive bias is systematic in our thinking. We spend a lot of time thinking about a lot of things and thinking uses a lot of effort. And because thinking uses a lot of effort, it, you know, our brain wants to make mental shortcuts. It doesn't want to spend a lot of time thinking about every single decision, what to do and thinking it through fully and making sure that it's logical, it's rational. Our brain doesn't have time or thinking doesn't have time to do all of that because there's so much going on. So what it does, it, it, it has these mental shortcuts. And this is where the cognitive bias comes in. Because what it does is that it makes us make decisions that aren't logical and objective, but is not true. Cognitive biases does have an effect on our decision making, our behavior, our memories, and our judgment. So, for example, when, it, when you think about optimism bias, it's one of the biases, the cognitive bias, right? There's optimism bias where, let me use this analogy, where you have a glass of water. Do you see it half full or do you see it half empty? Because of optimism bias, you're going to see it as half full because you're optimistic in the situation. You're optimistic about the life, the world, everything that's going on around you. You believe that it's going to get better. You have no actual fact to say it's going to get better. There's no logical thinking for this. There's no reason. You have no actual data. You have no information to say to you, yes, things are going to get better. Life gets better. Things get easier. You actually do not have any proof. But because you have this optimism bias, because again, our brain don't want to spend the time to think about every single decision that needs to be made, everything that could possibly go wrong. Our brain don't want to think about that. So in order to live a happy life, seemingly stress-free, our brain just says, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. So you look at the glass half full instead of half empty, which is good. It helps us. I think it helps us. We need to have that optimism bias because without that optimism bias, I think we're going to be in a constant state of depression. So we need to tell ourselves that things get better. Things are going to be okay. Even if we really don't know if things are going to be okay. There's another example of, of cognitive biases that happens to us on a daily basis, but I'm just going to list a few here. So we have egocentric bias where we're biased to the best outcome of the benefit that's the most beneficial to us. So whenever we're in a situation and we need to make a decision, there's option A, option B, option C. We're going to choose the option that's most beneficial to us. You don't really know that you're making this decision consciously, that you're choosing the, you may know, you, you may or you may not know that you're making this decision consciously that's most beneficial to you, but it's a bias and it is just the way how the brain is wired. And again, there's no logical or rational thinking behind this. It's just, well, I'm going to choose the option that's best for me because maybe I don't want to do as much work or whatever the case is. There's a myriad of situations that you could be in regardless of the matter of the fact is you're going to be choosing the one that's the most beneficial. So there's this quote by Sadhguru. I don't know if I'm butchering the name. I probably am. When your mind is full of assumptions, conclusions, and beliefs, it has no penetration. It just repeats past impressions. So 
whenever you need to make a decision or your mind is full of whatever it's again full of assumption conclusions or beliefs there's no room for you to take in new knowledge there's no room for you to take in new information and there's also a confirmation bias this brings me into confirmation bias with confirmation bias regardless of what's going on your own regardless of all the information that's coming to you or you're seeing or you're being exposed to you don't care about all those information you only care about the information that already confirms what you believe i've experienced this and i've been i've become aware that i do this but the first time that i actually noticed this is when i was having a conversation with somebody and i was trying to show them or tell them something and they would not listen and i'm thinking well i'm coming from well this is what i'm telling myself that i'm coming from a logical because i'm using facts i'm using facts and i'm being rational in my thinking and i'm being logical and i'm saying hey this is what's going on this is the ma the fact of the matter and the person was just like no i don't believe that that is not how it is and i can show you uh information that tells you or that proves to you that what i'm saying is correct and i'm like this is where this confirmation bias comes in because you're literally refusing anything that challenges your own or your current perceptions but that's interesting there's another bias where it's financial biases where these are imprecise mental shortcuts that we make with numbers such as hyperbolic discounting the mistake of preferring a smaller sooner payoff instead of a larger large later reward another classic financial cognitive bias is the ostrich effect where which is where one sticks their head into the sand pretending that negative financial information simply doesn't exist we see that when it comes to financial decisions and making good financial decisions because it requires a lot of thinking a lot of planning not always but i guess maybe more than you would like a lot of time people they don't want to deal with it so the ostrich effect they just you know stick their head in the sand they don't want to talk about it i don't have enough time i don't think we have enough time to talk about this because they don't want to hear the negatives and a lot of time we need to hear the negatives because then it allows us to work on the things that we need to actually work on but because of our biases we're not allowing any of that information we don't want to hear it there's social biases where there's also this bandwagon effect so so when it talks about this bandwagon effect is you can see it all the time on social media where one person starts to say something and then everybody starts to say it or one person starts to do something and everybody starts to do it these people are not people who have no actual logical information they're just saying it because everybody's saying it and everybody's doing it and they themselves don't want to know the actual fact to make an informed decision or to have an informed opinion they want to make they just want to fit in maybe maybe they're saying it because they want to fit in but it is another way that's i kind of it's built in our brain it's building our men it's a mental shortcut we can't help ourselves as much as you can become aware of these things we absolutely can't help ourselves to having this there's also this a blind spot bias where you view yourself that less biased than others right so you would say something like let's ignore somebody else's opinion because they're biased on this 
and you think that you're not biased because you have a view and you think your view is more logical. Sounds like me earlier when I stated that I was trying to make a point to somebody I was talking to and I thought that my view was logical, was factual. But in reality, it's probably is, you know, the blind spot bias where I'm not seeing that I'm capable of not hearing somebody else's point of view because of my own blind spot bias because I'm thinking that what I'm saying is fact and it makes sense and what you're saying doesn't make sense and you're not willing to listen to me and I'm calling out that person for having confirmation bias because they would only hear what confirms their belief but I'm also not being cognizant of my own blind spot bias for not realizing that you might be should also listen to the person right there's also there's many other biases there's gambler's fallacy right where believe that the future of probabilities are altered by past events when in fact they are unchanged so what gambler's fallacy what a good example is you keep buying lottery tickets thinking that you're gonna win you're gambling you keep buying it's like what are the chances that i keep buying and i never win there's gonna be a chance that i win or maybe that it's very rare but it's something that happens. Okay, so for example, your car probably broke down three times for the week. And you're saying, well, my car already broke down three times for the week. What is the probability of it breaking down again for fourth time this week? You're gambling, right? You're thinking that, well, because it already happened so many times, there's no way it's going to happen another time, one more time or two more times. You have no idea. But you have Again, there's no logic behind this. You're just saying it because of what? This is where this is what the meaning of cognitive biases is, is that you have these biases and your brain doesn't want to think about the possibility of your brain doesn't want to think about how to actually think about things logical which it takes time it takes energy. Your brain doesn't want to do that. So it takes all these mental shortcuts and just say, "Hey, what are the chances?" What are the chances of this going to happen? It's not going to happen. So let's just, you know, do deal with it. There's also availability heuristic where you're overestimating the importance and likelihood of events giving the greater availability and information. So you see something on social media and you see something on social media and it looks like it's true. You have no idea if it's actually true. There's no fact. It's just somebody saying something like you see it all the time on TikTok. Random people saying random things that, okay, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. Everybody has their own beliefs and everybody is entitled and your beliefs is your beliefs. But for me, when I hear somebody comes to me and they say, well, I saw this on TikTok and it is you know, I think we should start doing this or I think this is a good idea. I'm going to start doing this. I'm like, based on what research, based on what logic, based on what, you know, premise, what's your premise? What's your basis for this? What information that's logical that you have to back up? Is this a fact or you're just saying it because one person is saying it and you think you can just, you have no idea who this person is. You have no idea what their credentials are, but you're just trusting this person. So another bias that this one, I think is me. It is me, and I know a lot of people is guilty of this, is post-purchase rationalization. So it's the tendency to retroactively ascribe a positive attributes to an option one has selected. So what this means is that when we purchase something, 
A good example is when we purchase something and it's maybe an impulsive purchase and we need to tell ourselves that it was a good purchase because maybe it was on sale. Maybe this is something I was going to buy eventually, so might as well I buy it now. This is how you ascribe a positive spin on it because it's a post-purchase rationalization. You're trying to make... You're trying to convince yourself that your purchase, even though it was a decision that you just made right now, you want to make sure that you're saying to yourself, this was a good call. So whenever you make a decision, so even though it's post-purchase rationalization, it doesn't always have to be necessarily a purchase. It could be a decision that you made to go on vacation somewhere, do something, whatever it is you decide to do. But you, after you made this, the decision to do it, you convince yourself in the next coming hours, in the next coming days afterwards that, hey, it was a good decision. You have no idea if it was a good decision. You convince yourself. And a lot of time we talk ourselves into like, yeah, it was a good decision because it makes sense. We don't have any other information to contradict that. And we don't want to hear any other information to contradict that. We're just going to stick to that and say it was a good decision. I am going to stick to it. So those are a few of cognitive biases that we all face. We all struggle with. It is not only one person is everybody. This is just a part of being human. And this is just something that we have to deal with. But there's so many more biases that we all encounter so there's also a courtesy bias where given an opinion slash conclusion that is viewed as more socially acceptable as to avoid causing offense or controversy even though they don't personally think whatever idea or an opinion of somebody else is actual true and they believe in it but because they want to avoid you know they want to avoid any issues they want to avoid any drama so they just say you know what they just give an opinion that a lot of people uh, can relate to or an opinion that a lot of people are going to agree with and they're just going to go with that so beliefs determine our behaviors and our dispositions to our actions there are conscious and unconscious preposition to beliefs Beliefs in beliefs are in four different categories. There's behavioral beliefs, unconscious beliefs, conscious beliefs, and rational beliefs. So behavioral beliefs are not distinguished simply because of the fixed behavioral patterns that anyone holding a certain belief will exhibit. Unconscious belief is long stand is a long-standing belief that can influence behavior over a long period of time, but resists recognition. So rational beliefs are defined as philosophical idealization of actual belief structures. There are three components of beliefs. So you have a cognitive, before I talked about the four categories of beliefs, now I'm talking about the components that each belief has. So there's different components. There is an active, com- uh, effective component, there's a cognitive component, there's effective component, and a behavioral component. So a cognitive component represents the knowledge that one has that can be either true or false. It is desirable and undesirable. 
An effective component of the belief is capable of arousing an effect of varying intensity uh, centering on the object of the belief, taking a positive or a negative position in an argument. To wrap this all up, what I'm going to say is that beliefs are formed from an earlier age. They can tend to be self-perpetuated, they can be persistent, and they can go against contradiction um, over time. Due to experience, reasoning, could be school, reason could be school as well. Depends, you go to school, you learn more, you have different beliefs, your experiences, you know, just over time. Some beliefs are more incontrovertible, so not able to be denied or disputed compared to others. The earlier a belief is incorporated into a belief structure, the more difficult it is to change. And because it's something that's ingrained into you since you were young, it's so hard to go away from that. Something has to happen. Your thinking has to change. Experience something has to happen for you to change. And a lot of times things happen with time over time and still people believe in it. They have, well, I feel, I don't want to come off to judge you here, but people have whatever reason they have to believe in religion they have. And I'm not coming for people who believe people believe they have their reasons for believing in. But to the point that I'm trying to make is that because it was incorporated since you were born since you were young. It's hard to get away from that. It's hard for you to think differently because it's something that has become second nature. It has become some sort of an unconscious thinking. It's something that you do. I I can think back in my time where going to school, we had to pray and we had to pray three times before when we started school we had to pray before we go to lunch we had to pray and before we go home we had to pray we were praying three times and if you are in a super religious house that you grew up in you would pray before you go to school and you're paying praying three times in school and when you go back home you're also praying so at the end of the day you would end up praying five times a day imagine doing something five times a day for 20 years 30 years it is going to be hard to think and see things differently because it's so incorporated in your belief structure that you think it is the way. And a lot of time when you talk to people who have these things, and not only for religion, as I said, I'm using it as an example because the only thing that's coming to me right now, but a lot of the th these things that gets incorporated into your growing up, into your childhood, it is something that it's hard to change. And when you think about beliefs don't change during um, beliefs don't change during adulthood. It is relatively uncommon. It's a relatively uncommon phenomenon for beliefs to change when you're an adult. When you're an adult, whatever, everything that you believe now is things that were already incorporated since you were growing up. Unless, again, there's times it, it, it happens because there's times who something happened that changed the course of your life drastically and you changed your thinking and you maybe you know change path a little bit and now you're believing in something or you don't believe in something or you're doing something that you never did before and it has happened it has happened but it's not something that is very common it's a very rare phenomenon that people actually change during their adulthood 
but people's beliefs strongly affect their behavior. So beliefs cannot be directly observed or measured, but it must be inferred from what people say, intend, and do. Our beliefs were incorporated since we're growing up. If you think about what you prefer to eat, if you think about how you prefer to live from waking up for me, I can use my own self as, a, as an example where the culture I grew up in Saturday was cleaning day. So now even as an adult, Saturday is a cleaning day. It's a belief. I believe that Saturday is a cleaning day. I believe that the Sunday, depending on the kind of you know, maybe family you grew up in, Saturday could be your Sabbath or Sunday could be your day of worship. And so Sunday is a day of worship. Even if you're no longer actively practicing your faith, when it comes to Sunday, there's still something or when it comes to Saturday, whatever days that you worship on, if you worship every day, you worship every day. But for me, the culture I come from where Saturday or Sunday is the day of worship, depending if you are Seventh-day Adventist or you're a regular um, Christian, where every Sunday feels is just a worship day. It's a day of worship. When you listen to the radio stations, they're all playing gospel music. Whenever you do, st everything is closed down. There's nothing going on. And even now, even though I'm no longer living my life that way there's times where for me on sunday's like well it's a day of worship it's like no it's not it was at one point but it's no longer is but because it's something that was incorporated into me when i was younger and it happened for years and years and this is how people get people to control people through giving them these beliefs in you know instilling these beliefs in them that has no basis that is baseless that is not logical, but you believe it. And a lot of time you ask people, why do you believe the things you believe in? And uh, you can't get no logical or rational answer. They're just, well, if it's not, it's tradition or it's cultural or this is the way I was thought. So this is what I'm doing. And to me, I am also into this. So it's not only everyone else. I'm also involved into this because to me, it just sounds crazy you're doing something and even though you have no idea why you're doing it, you're just doing it. Yes, there's things that are outside of our control. Yes, there's things that are outside of our cognitive ability to even interpret. We cannot even begin to understand the intricacies of the universe and why things happen. But when it comes to traditions and beliefs and cultures, we do it and we don't question anything. Some people question, yes, not everybody. But a lot of times there's things that we don't know why we do the things that we do. We just do it because we saw other people, the people that we grew up with doing it. We see people in our culture doing it. And for me, it's like, why nobody question it? Is it that, is it wrong to be questioning these things? Is it wrong to be wondering why are we doing these things without even questioning it? But it's just a part of my curiosity. I want to know, why do we do the things we do? The psychology of beliefs. Thank you for joining me. On today's episode, go ahead and show support. YouTube, social media, everything is there. Thank you. Bye.